1: In the summer of 2012, Lisa Knight was a 29-year-old mother of four, and her life was in a difficult place. Addiction and her struggle to get clean and stay clean weighed on her. She'd been battling her demons since she was a teenager. The petite green-eyed blonde was trying to get things right, to get herself back to center, to make sure that her children, who she did not have custody of, were taken care of. It was June 8th when she last spoke with a friend. It was 10.30 at night. Lisa was tearful, asking her friend to pick her up. Then Lisa changed her tune and ended the call, and Lisa Knight would not be seen or heard from again. Come with me to a warm summer night in northern Michigan, to the sunrise town of Alpena, where after an evening spent with her ex-husband, Lisa Knight, a mother, daughter, and friend, vanished forever. I have a fascination with Alpina. In the early part of the 20th century, my great-grandparents moved there, taking jobs with the Alpina public schools. My great-grandfather would teach school in Alpina from the early part of the 20th century through the 1960s. It's the little town on Lake Huron where my grandfather grew up, which gives it a special place in my heart, but I've never actually been to Alpina. Perhaps this summer I will remedy that and travel there. Perched on the edge of Lake Huron, Alpena is known for breathtaking sunrises over the Big Lake and the lakefront communities that dot Lake Huron are known as the Sunrise Coast. Alpena is a tourist town. Visitors flock to the area for lake access, fishing, hunting, boating, hiking, and all the amazing outdoor activities Michigan has to offer. It's also a working town, known for a limestone quarry and a factory that makes concrete block machines. It's a small community, with a population of around 10,000 people, which of course swells each summer with the arrival of tourists and people moving into summer homes and cabins. The population swells again in the fall with the arrival of hunting season. This, the Alpina area, is where Lisa Marie Knight grew up. And as a teenager, she showed an affinity for art, and she was accepted to art school. But things got in the way, and Lisa struggled with addiction. But she didn't lose her cheerful nature or her fun-loving attitude, but addiction made it harder and harder for her to keep things together. In 2012, Lisa was 29 years old and a single mother of four children. Lisa Knight placed her children in the care of others because she knew that she could not give her children what they needed, that she wasn't the mother that they deserved, and until she could be that mother, she knew they were likely better off with someone else. So despite her struggles, Lisa loved her kids and she tried to do right by them. As spring turned to summer in 2012, she was trying to get clean and regain custody of the children. It's hard to imagine that she would disappear and abandon them just as things were improving for her. The reason she was out that night, visiting with her former husband, Lloyd Frey, is that the two of them intended to pay a visit to their youngest child. In her mid-twenties, Lisa was married to Lloyd Frey, and they'd had two children together. Lloyd was old enough to be Lisa's father, but he wasn't a calming influence on her. She was dedicated to Lloyd even going so far as to have his name tattooed on her chest. And the tattoo was distinctive, a leering skull with lines radiating from it and Lloyd's name arching across the top of the skull. Her marriage to Lloyd did not work out, and she continued to struggle. When Lisa recognized that she wasn't able to provide for her children the way that she should, she made arrangements for them to be placed with other families while she got herself together. It was on June 8th, 2012, that Lisa went with Lloyd. At this point, he was her former husband, but the two had an on-again, off-again relationship. Lloyd and Lisa met up with a plan to visit their youngest child. The visit never happened, and the pair ended up back at Lloyd's house. Lisa was at Lloyd's home when she placed a 10.30 p.m. call to her friend Laurel, asking her to please come get her, and then backing off on that request, saying that she wouldn't need a ride after all. Lloyd, Lisa's former husband and the last person she was known to be with? Well, he's known to law enforcement. He'd been on their radar for possible legal activity even before Lisa Knight disappeared. According to law enforcement, Lloyd is in a motorcycle club, The Northmen, a group thought to be involved in criminal activity, but we'll hear more about that a little later. Lisa's mother, Jean Knight? is aware that Lisa was struggling, and she knows Lisa was running with a rough crowd and battling her demons. In an interview with Katie Boomgard of 9 and 10 News, Knight said that she fears Lisa overdosed and her body was disposed of. Jean Knight would like to know what became of her daughter, and she would like the ability to bury her. Down ...with her father today, and he has his own suspicions on what might have happened to her. He said his daughter has never gone missing before.
2: They think because, because of her past drug abuse issues that she just voluntarily disappeared. They think she's strung out someplace and uh, just hiding out. I'm very comfortable in saying
1: that that's not the case detective sergeant harshbarger of the michigan state police has been working the disappearance of lisa knight since 2012 when she was first reported missing he was kind enough to speak with me about lisa's case and their investigation lisa went missing back in summer of 2012 is that when you were assigned to her case
2: yes within a few weeks after she disappeared
1: And she was last seen with her former husband, Lloyd Frey?
2: That's the last known person that we're aware of that she was seen by or with. Yes.
1: Okay. And there was a conversation that Lisa had the night that she was last spoken to when she was at Lloyd's house. And it sounds like she was upset. She wanted to be picked up. And then she changed her mind or decided that she was going to stay
2: I can't go into all the details in regard to that, but I can confirm there was apparently a conversation between her and a friend uh, over the phone. It did appear that she might have been in some type of distress.
1: And Lloyd, her former husband, they were together that evening with plans to see their youngest child.
2: That's what we are being told. Uh, We're not sure that the alleged plans that were provided to us were were factual. At this point we are questioning uh, the real reason why they were together.
1: There could have been a, another motive for them to be together. One Correct. of the th- one of the things I read in the 9 and 10 news story on the case from a couple of years ago is that Lloyd may have been involved in a motorcycle club.
2: He was or is a known member of a local motorcycle club in the Alpena, Michigan area. Uh, They're known as the Northmen, and they have been in this area for quite some time.
1: And the Northmen are thought to be what my listeners might know of as an outlaw club. They could be involved in criminal activities.
2: This club is known to local law enforcement as having ties to prior criminal activity and would be normally referred to as an outlaw club or what law enforcement sometimes refers to as a 1% club.
1: Also in the 9 and 10 news story, which unfortunately seems to be really the only coverage out there on Lisa's disappearance, from what I can find, um, her mother said that it's possible that Lisa died of an overdose or that she was murdered and put in a car that was scrapped. Is there any substance to these, or is it all sort of up in the air right now?
2: Well, I can't go into all the details again in regard to what we've uh, either identified or supported as far as uh, facts in in, uh, regard to her disappearance. However, I can say that there have been numerous rumors floating around the community in Northeast Michigan, uh, indicating that this happened to her, that happened to her. Uh, Right now, we are keeping an open mind because the investigation is still ongoing as to what may have happened to Lisa Knight. However, we have explored uh, many uh, different potential causes of her disappearance, and at this time, we do believe that she was most likely murdered, we are operating under the pretense that she was, in fact, murdered, and that is now what we are investigating this case as, as a potential murder.
1: This disappearance is being approached as a homicide?
2: That is correct.
1: What can the public do to assist in your investigation?
2: We would ask that anyone, especially having what they believe is direct knowledge or factual knowledge of what may have happened to Lisa Knight to contact their local law enforcement agency or crime stoppers and bring that information to the attention of of our investigators. Again, we have a number of state police detectives that are investigating her disappearance. We will continue to investigate her, her disappearance and likely homicide until such time that we feel we have properly identified what happened to her. And if, in fact, it is uh, the result of a homicide, that we have those people uh, who are involved in custody and under prosecution.
1: In researching her case, I saw that her information, including her DNA and fingerprints, are on file in NamUs. Yes. So if remains were to be discovered, they could be matched to Lisa.
2: Yes, they could.
1: Is there anything else about her case that you would like to put out there, or that I didn't ask you?
2: Lisa's activities uh, at the time of her disappearance have led some people in our area to believe that, you know, she was a person that, uh, as I hate to refer to it, had maybe something coming to her, or lived a lifestyle that caused her her demise or disappearance. And I would just like to inform uh, everyone in our community or anyone listening to your podcast, that no one deserves to be the victim of a homicide, regardless of their lifestyle. Those individuals may have made poor choices and may have put themselves in a position where they could be easily victimized. However, they are still someone's daughter, mother, sister, uh, or other relation or friend, and no one has the right to take another person's life So we will continue to vigorously investigate this case until we feel that we have a uh, a proper result in the end in the fact that we know what happened to her and that we can bring some closure to the family through some type of prosecution.
1: I appreciate you saying that. I understand that Lisa was struggling with addiction and had been struggling with addiction for several years at the time of her disappearance. She didn't have a chance to get clean or get her life back together which is unfortunate.
2: It is very unfortunate because, by all accounts, she was making an attempt to turn her life around and to maybe get past her addictions and become another productive member of society and and to get her children back. At the time of her disappearance, her, her children were in foster care at her request, as we understand it, and she was making attempts to clean her life up and and to get her family back together. So at this point, uh, it is a very tragic case, regardless of of her lifestyle and addictions. And again, we're going to treat this as we would any other homicide and do what we can for the victim and for their family.
1: I appreciate that. I'm going to put the Crime Stoppers contact information in the show notes and in the closing of the podcast, but could you give us the number for the Alpena Post if someone has a suggestion or a tip on her case?
2: Yes. The Alpena Post phone number is 989-354-4101. Do you have the contact number for Crimestoppers? 1-800-422-JAIL. And there is a uh, Crime Stopper reward that is available for any information that helps in solving this case or leading to the prosecution of anyone involved in her disappearance.
1: There are people out there putting forth a theory that Lisa left on her own and is out there somewhere. And I agree with the detective. It seems to me that Lisa met a tragic end, either due to an overdose or because of foul play. Her parents, children, friends, and family are ready for Lisa to come home, to give them an answer, along with a measure of peace. They are ready to finally know what became of her. Lisa Marie Knight was last seen on June 8, 2012, in Ossinique, Michigan, near Alpena. At the time of her disappearance, Lisa was approximately 5 feet tall, 120 to 130 pounds, she has blonde hair that falls past her shoulders and green eyes. Lisa has several distinctive tattoos, including a skull on her chest and a series of flowers running up her right arm and across her shoulder. On June 8, 2012, she was thought to be wearing brown pants, a green shirt, and black knee-high lace-up boots. Lisa's DNA is on file with NamUs, should remains be discovered. And at the time of this recording, no one has been arrested or charged in her disappearance. The Michigan State Police are invested in solving Lisa's case and bringing the truth of her disappearance to light. If you have information as to the whereabouts of Lisa Knight, please contact the Michigan State Police at area code 989 354 4101. Or if you prefer to remain anonymous, contact Crime Stoppers at 1 800 Four two two five two five four. There is a cash reward available in her case. Already Gone is a true crime podcast focused on cases from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. If you would like more information on the topics discussed here, including a look at some of our sources, please visit our website at www.alreadygonepodcast.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlreadyGonePod, or find us on Facebook. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, email me, host at AlreadyGonePodcast.com. Stay tuned after the closing for a preview from our friends at the Missing Alyssa podcast. I'm Nina Instead, the writer, producer, and voice behind Already Gone. Thank you for listening, and please... Be safe.
0: May 17th, 2001. It's Alyssa Turney's last day of her junior year. She gets picked up by her dad. And nobody ever sees her again.
1: We drove back to the house, got inside, went right to her room, Um, her backpack was dumped all over the ground, and then I had found the note and her cell phone.
0: Did Alyssa run away, or did she never make it far from home?
2: This is classified a missing person case, but I think it is a homicide. I don't think Alyssa's alive.
0: Hi, I'm Otavia Zapala, and this is my podcast, Missing Alyssa. My personal quest to find the truth behind a 17 year old girl's disappearance that happened over 15 years ago in Phoenix, Arizona. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or at missingalissa.com to hear the full story.